previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And I'm not, I'm not even saying this is not true. They say, well, it's not our fault. There's nothing we can do. We have to wait for Pepco. It's not our fault. When Pepco clears it, then we can start and do something. It's not our fault. No one ever says, it's my fault. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> so having yeah. talked to the Verizon no, no, people. Like, take the Nathaniel Hackett point of view. I had a lousy <laughs> year. I get it. So. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. I got to read you this thing from Greg Garcia that I got the other day. It's he not writes, your fault. He sends me something. He says, almost got a divorce this morning thanks to voice texting. And his wife questioned him. You went to REI? And he goes, no. I bought something online. The hookers I like are on sale for really cheap. And then he types in hocus. Hocus. <laughs> you know, because it's, and I wrote him back. I said, God bless autocorrect. You know, because they change everything. What the duck. You know, they change <laughs> everything the all the time. Who, I'm, by the way, I'm wearing the hocus now. I've started... I've started to wear the hokas in the last four or five days. Um, I hadn't worn them before. I wore them once or twice, and then I got off them. And now Can you feel the toe or the lack of toe drop? I don't. I don't know what I feel. But the guy who sent them to us was our friend in Evanston, right? Yes. <clears throat> and they're beautiful shoes. They're a light gray, and they're beautiful. And they have hokas on the side. They say that. And I'm beginning to. I'm wearing them because of you, Michael, because you said when you go on long walks with the baby. Read the captain that they they are better for your feet and legs particularly in walking these dc streets where there are so many hills that you would not expect and after you walk for 45 minutes and i'm sure you feel the same the same thing after walking chessie yes you're feeling it in various parts of your body yes yes so for so, me it's been my the outside of my left knee so i'm trying i have that problem too in a left hip and so i'm i'm wearing these Hips wondering you know wondering what is going to happen so are we going to talk about your shirt which shirt? Shirt I'm wearing? Yeah, the shirt from, uh, I'd say, 1994 from uh, the Tommy Bahama Tom, Outlet. Tommy Bahama Outlet. It is from certainly from the 90s. <laughs> uh, probably cost about 25 bucks then. Well, the breeze is just it, wafting through it. I haven't, uh, I haven't worn it. I'm go- I have a doctor's appointment today after the is show. Is it uh, one button down or two? Um, it's, it's, you know, it's but- regular buttons. Okay. I'm not going to undo the buttons. I'm not. Not yet. Wait till five o'clock. Wait. No, I'm not playing in a Hawaiian luau, playing the ukulele. I'm not doing that. I'm going to the doctor. And I didn't feel that I should wear a T-shirt at my age going to the doctor that I wear all the time. That's a house shirt. So I went into the closet and found something that hadn't been worn in 40 years. There you go. And and I'm wearing it. Got good value out of that shit. $25. That's great. I think. But $25 then was a lot of money. 30 years ago. Come on. (laughs) I'd have to do the inflation calculation for Andy Poli. So you don't like this shirt? I I love that you're wearing it. No, but that's Big August vibes. That's not answering the question. You don't (laughs) like this shirt. Preseason's officially here when that shirt comes out. Yeah, there we go. That Um, is a third string shirt. All right. Thank you. well, it's not my American flag shirt. No, that's my shirt. Yeah, I gave there's that one, to you. There's one tremendous boxy colored or boxy cut shirt. It only comes out for the 4th of July. Yeah, it's got and it American, stays at your house. It's American flags. It's very lovely. Yeah. Um, it's been to the Smithsonian. So we got our power back. We got Verizon back at 5.15 on Wednesday. And then I got a, a text from Chip from Comcast at about 8.15 in the evening that we should have Comcast back. I turned on the television, and we had Comcast back, and it made me very excited. How about that? So we've got everything back. We were out of 
um, power for about 30 hours and then four days or so out of the internet. It, it's okay. Uh, it is. It's okay. I'm glad that we got it back. I am, and I should say this with all sincerity, I'm sure there are people who waited a lot longer than I did. So I'm happy I got it when I got it. And I hope everybody's got their power back. I've noticed that in the neighborhood streets, uh, there are no longer the trees, uh, you know, the, the tree services cutting down trees and taking terrible branches off power lines that have been knocked down. It seems to have been cleaned up sufficiently. Most now. of the cleanup has been done. You so still have the, uh, the electrical trucks with the big spools in the back. Yeah, yeah. So, but everything has come back to normal. What do you... Well, I was going to say that... The damage along that road, the upper canopy, it, it, it's astonishing, and it's still wires sort of like yeah. haphazardly. You don't, sort of you don't want to. I mean, the one thing you don't want to do when you're walking in those areas and you see something down, even when it's up. covered in rubber, <laughs> yeah. don't this. don't let your dog near. It's I'm ninety nine point ninety nine point nine percent. It's fine, but don't yeah, don't you know, just don't with. don't take the chance. I wanted, to, I wanted to say this the other day. We got this fabulous email from Wayne in Millington, New Jersey. And this is the quote, Henry is the worst. Good job, Bootsy. You didn't bury the lead. <laughs> the boys really are good. finishing up uh, a very up and down summer at camp. Not quite as up and down as the letters I was writing home from yeah. Sleepaway Camp. No, those we are not had, up and down. Those, those are down. They're way down. Yeah, those are down. 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 Uh, not a fan of that. Right. So the bootster comes home with uh, all these wristbands from his, his sports game. He goes, I got a nickname at camp. Nickname for the little boy, six years old. T-Bone? Trusty Thumbs. Trusty Thumbs? Trusty Thumbs. What does that mean? That's the longest no nickname in history. Trusty Thumbs. I assume it comes from Dodgeball? Uh-huh. It's just so long. Yeah. Most of the time, the only the only name I ever remember being a nickname longer than the actual name was Adam Oates, who was Oatsy. Oatsy, yes. Instead of Adam Oates. So anyway, so I wanted to tell the story. I didn't tell it the other day. Uh, on Tuesday, we were off on Tuesday from PTI because of a trade deadline special. So we were off. So I had the day free. Now on Tuesdays, what I like to do is go to Columbia and play golf with a group of old people called the Legends. Everybody's at least 70 years old, or at least 65, but mostly over 70. Michael has been invited to join us. He'd be the youngest person of all time to join us. I'm not sure listeners know how big of a deal this is. The legends are a protected class of golfer at the club. They have priority for the tee time. They play in as little or as long as they want to play. Three hours and 10 minutes, most of the time. We're flying. Yeah. We're flying. So I play. But because... We can't have carts, right? We can have carts. Yeah. Well, I just figured after the storms, they'd have to... Oh, uh, two days later, carts were allowed. It all soaked in. Yeah, carts were allowed. So we play as quickly as we can. And then, like, I have to be on a call at 11 o'clock. I have to be on a call with Matt Kelleher at 11 o'clock about the PTI show for that coming day. So I try to get the earliest tea time, which is 7.30. I try to sign up for the 7.30 tea time. And that way, we play in 3 hours 10, 3.15, 3.20 at the most. I'm off the course. I can play 18 holes, and I'm off the course by 11 o'clock. There have been a period of time when you don't start till 8 o'clock that I have to leave after number 15. Oh, which, and that's just, that's, which is right in front of yeah, the, you the know, clubhouse. The, yeah. And that, that's just the way it goes. So I say to Al Serafino, who organizes all of us all the time with Legends Golf, I say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Because he, he said, 
I was booked for eight o'clock on Tuesday. And he said, if you want, we'll flip you to the earlier tea time. I said, actually, Al, I'm good. Um, I don't have PTI. We have a, we have a trade deadline special. And so I'm, you know, I, I've got time free. I'm happy to play. Now, what happens all the time is everybody who plays puts in $3 as part of a larger overall tip for the waiters because they have lunch. Everybody has lunch afterwards. I've never had lunch. I just give my $3 in and, you know, and via con Dios. I mean, go with God. It's okay. So today I said, well, what do you guys do? Like, what happens after the round? Yes, I have some time. And so they say, well, we take a shower and we go up and we eat lunch. I said, I can do that. I can take a shower and go up and take a shower. Go up and eat lunch. Get a steam? Large table. I did not. I didn't, I didn't want to keep anybody waiting. Yeah. We were in the last group of the legends, so we would be the last ones up there, and I didn't want to keep anybody waiting. I didn't know if they waited. It turned out when I got up there, I saw nobody waited. They'd ordered, and they were eating, which is fine. And I'm sitting at a table. Um, I'm sitting at a table, and I order a turkey club sandwich. Now, I haven't had lunch in three years. <laughs> I haven't had any lunch. I used to have lunch at PTI. Oh, sure. You know, they would cater lunch, and I would, that was part of it. And I'd have something to eat. I haven't had any, I've lost a lot of weight in, uh, in this transition period of time as I go from old to older to oldest. <laughs> and, and, and one of the reasons is it's not, it's, I just don't eat. I don't eat as much as I used to eat. I'm happy to eat. I like to eat. This is the first lunch I've had in a long time. At Turkey Club. That's a big sandwich. Great. That was sandwich. really big. And it was really great. It on rye toast. It was really great. The tomatoes were really fresh. Mm. Everything about it was really good. And I'm sitting at this table, and guys are just yakking back and forth about whatever. And I'm sitting, and Al Serafino's over here, and Dick Doyle is over here, Steve Hintashir is over here, and Robin Buffalo is over here. And after I get about three quarters of the way through the sandwich, I look at them and I go, so is this what retirement is like? <laughs> and they go, yeah, pretty much. And I said, so you play golf, take a shower, you eat lunch, then what? I go home and take a nap. <laughs> and I just thought, it's a perfect day. What yes. have I been waiting for? <laughs> why haven't I accessed this? In my, uh, uh, why not? It's a good schedule. I mean, why it? not? Yeah. Now, you can't do it in the winter. No. Well, well, many of these guys, not all of them, many of them leave. You know, they go to warmer climbs or something like that, where it seems to me you could do it. Yeah. You could do it. Every day. So this was, this was my first sort of concrete butting up against retirement, and I really liked it. <laughs> I liked the- That brings us back to the shirt. Yes, I was going to say. I, liked, <laughs> I just liked the idea of it a lot. All right, so, um, so Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. He's on vacation. We'll ask him about it. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Bob McWilliams of Kansas Public Radio in Lawrence, Kansas, who writes, before sending in a song, I ask, what would Michael Granberry do? (laughs) Abby Posner passes that test with flying colors. She's been a mainstay on the L.A. music scene for nearly 20 years, is adept at guitar, banjo, mandolin, and drums, and has had many songs and performances in movies and in commercials. She's no rum-dum for sure. Here are some songs for her forthcoming album, Second Chance. Hope you enjoy them half as much as I enjoy you and the gang. This is Abby Posner with a song called Quiet on Sunset. This is real talent. Yeah. We're going to play her twice today, and she also sent a note in saying that we could use our songs, and it's beautiful. So we thank Bob McWilliams, and we thank Abby Posner, and she plays in Michael Wilbon, who is on vacation. How is vacation? Vacation's good, Tom. Um, you know, it's it's great, actually. We've had uh, been here a week. Today's my last day of, of this particular trip. Right. A vacation. Um, but we've had, um, as I look out now, I mean, it's it's seven consecutive days of sunshine. Today's not cloudless and perfect, but it's been perfect. It's been, it's been in the 70s. It's just been, you know, just unbelievable to be here and here at Martha's Vineyard. Um, and I am up earlier than usual every morning getting out doing stuff. Staying up pretty late. It's a very social vacation, and uh, it's it's just you know I'm not one of the people who you know grew up aspiring to go to the vineyard. Certainly didn't go to the vineyard. I never heard of Martha's Vineyard until I moved to D.C. when I was a grown person. But um, Matthew wanted to come. It's a enormous. It's a place that it's a place where you can uh, let your kids do stuff that you would never let them do it. We'll be deprogram him when we leave here tomorrow to go back to Washington. But it's uh, just a fabulous vacation. So I have, I've mentioned this before on the show, um, growing up where I grew up and spending a lot of time in and around the Boston area being a sports writer, because you got to go to Boston. You got to go to Philadelphia. I mean, this is what you got to do if you're going to be a sports writer in New York or Washington, D.C., I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. I've never been to Hyannisport, which is famous for the Kennedy family. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Nantucket, and I've never been to Cape Cod. I've never been to any of wow. these places, and you've been to two of them, right? Yeah, a couple, uh, but mo- mostly Martha's Vineyard. Yes, yes, I have. Um, Martha, Martha's Vineyard, this is about my, let's see, I went three times in the 90s right? Uh, when it was very new to me. And there were no, and, and none of the friends that I am with here. There were like seven families, and those couples, nobody had children when we started this. Right. And now everybody has children. Uh, a couple of the children are 27 years old. And I came here three times: uh, 14, 15, and 16. And then not since. So I haven't been here in seven years. But there are people who, you know, we're with and people that we know very well here who have been coming since they were kids and they are in their 60s. My, my friends are Cheryl's friends. And uh, they, you know, this is where they are. I never heard of either, Chong. But it's just uh, I, I, I'm playing catch up. Right. Because there's so many people. Um, who have been coming, yeah, I, I've been renting this house, or we bought a house, or we built a house. We've been doing this since I was seven. I'm like, what? Um, well, you know, being in the, in the Midwest, it, it was a place that you drove, you came, you got to the ferry. So it was it was people who were from 
mostly New York and Boston, then Philly, right. then Washington. And now, you know, the, the Chicago contingent is not as large as uh, those other cities, but it's pretty damn large. So when and how did Martha's Vineyard become a black vacation destination? Well, I mean, it's a vacation destination. Now, a, a, a big percentage of that, big, I don't know what I don't know what that means. Maybe thirty-five percent, right? Are, are black people, um, and it started funny simply because um, Massachusetts was the first state to abolish slavery, the first. And there were people here. It's a whaling town, uh, the island actually, and there were people who made enough money to buy a little place to vacation. And I mean, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking... Long time ago. A hundred and, you know, 50, you know. Massachusetts is also the most liberal state in the country in terms of its voting patterns. They had black senators and black governors. You know, they've always had that. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of those senators, of course, was, was, uh, I'm pretty sure was a resident here at, at various times to vacation. Yeah. And so this has that history and started that way and became a safe haven um, for black folks with enough money to have vacation. I mean, my parents had enough money to vacation, but we didn't, we didn't do that. We didn't live that way. We were not able. My mother taught school and has a master's degree in education, but my father didn't graduate from high school. We were not uh, mingling. We didn't. We didn't. The only yeah. vacation I ever took with my parents, we got in an old Ford and we drove yeah. all the way to Niagara Falls and turned around yeah. and drove back. Well, That's it. Car, That's we got it. We got car and drove all the way to <laughs> Seattle no. and drove across the country. And so we, we did that, and Midwestern people do that. I mean, yeah. that's just a characteristic of who we are. But, no, so this has been going on for a while. And, uh, you know, Tony, they're, 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 as you know, they're pretty famous people. I was just going to say, th- th- this is, the yeah. Right now. There are some famous people who are in Martha's Vineyard, and people, yeah. you know, um, d- tell the Spike Lee story. Well, Spike has been coming here, and Spike's written about it. He, he's written about it. He's done, in his films, there have been, I think one maybe even entitled The Inkwell. And The Inkwell is uh, a body of water, an inlet here, uh, that the beach that black children went to. When I say children and families. Yeah. But children is a main part of this tone. We weren't coming here. I, I don't, I don't, again, I'm not of this. But Matthew says, you know, Dad, all my friends are going to Martha's Vineyard. Can we go? And I'm like, no, call your Uncle Don. Your Uncle Don has a room for you, a bedroom, which he did. And so ultimately Don says, hey, stop being a weasel. Just come to Martha's Vineyard. You know you love it. You know you love it. And I'm like, I like it every time I'm there. I haven't been there. I, don't, I want to go to Chicago. I don't, I, I don't. And so they convinced me to, during the playoffs to come, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I listened. Because Tony, well, here's what's going to happen. Matthew's 15. Here's what he does at 10.30 at night. He says, Dad, I'm taking an Uber over to the beach. I'm going to hang out with my friends. And then you cringe because you're used to being in Washington, Chicago, wherever I am. And that's not going to happen. Here, it is going to happen. You're going to say yes to whatever they want to do. There's no crime. There's no, you know... Um, upheaval there's not there's it's not there's no locking doors it's a trip back in time and so but the people here going back to the famous people 
um, okay, I'm on the range two mornings ago with Ray Allen, Doc Rivers, and a certain former president of the United States. A lefty. A lefty. The lefty who's hitting yeah. it like, like crazy. Yeah. And um, we're, I'm on the range with them. And when I go to the car to get in my car, I get have a hug with Jerry Stackhouse. So you know, and that I just name. I'm, we're talking about sports as we always do. I'm just naming the people that I saw in the moment. Yeah, that, that's just in the that's just in the moment. And there are, you know, I mean, you know, people. Oprah used to vacation here, um, and so it, it is not. Again, it's not just a black vacation destination, but you know, that's a very obvious. How do, how do you get island. there? Is it it's an island, right? Do you take a ferry? Yeah, you, you, you used to it used to be so hard to get to. That's one reason why I was not a right. vineyard guy. You had to get to get to Boston or get to Rhode Island, you know, Providence, and then you get to the ferry at Woods Hole and take the ferry, but you had to have an appointment. Right. And to take your car, you had to get a spot like years early, not years, months, months. If you come in in July or August. So, you know, people people did that. I don't. I didn't know anything about that. But now it's a, it's it's such a destination. They're, they're nonstop flights from Washington. They're nonstop flights from Chicago. There's, a, there's, a, there's an airline called Cape. Oh, Cape Air. Oh my God, Cape something. And you sit in the plane that is so small that you're talking to the pilot, and his back may be on your knees. If you were in the front, yeah, row. yeah, yeah. So it's one of those deals, and you're like, I, the first time I ever took it from Logan, I'm like, oh my god, but I don't have to do that anymore. Nonstop flight, American Airlines. I flew here from O'Hare. Again, there's a huge. Everybody on my flight was coming to the vineyard, and everybody on my flight, I already knew. <laughs> and I could have been on a flight where people just they call you and say, "What are you doing?" Uh, I don't know. I'm watching some, you know, some. So I'm watching people fish from the from Manimsha, and they say, well, you come on over. We're going to have a few people over dinner. And, you know, in my case, you know, last night it was a name that people know, and she's just a wonderful host, and a, 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 just a tremendous person to be, to be engaged with, and it's Valerie, Valerie Jarrett, you know, who, who grew up in Chicago when yeah. I did, and we have all kinds of mutual friends. And I'd never really been able to sit and talk to Valerie Jarrett at her home last night, and we're talking about all the kind of stuff we did. We're amazed we didn't know each other as kids. This is Tommy Jarrett, who's you know, of course, worked for God, the Daly family in Chicago, and then of course, and, and Barack for yeah. you know, President Obama for for his whole time in office. And people look at me and say, "Why do you? You never came here." I'm like, "No, no, this wasn't my reality." You know, we go, I go someplace with Cheryl, and there are porch parties. And there are these parties, and they're co- every. This is every day. Now I'm getting. I'm up, as you know. I'm not up this early. I'm gonna go to breakfast two mornings in a row. I just I had breakfast with Doc Rivers. We talked about our, you know, our new lives, which will be sort of joined professionally here shortly. I don't know if there's an announcement. Everybody's talking about. It. Everybody knows it. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So we, you know, and and Doc is like, I don't ever get up this early <laughs> to do this to do breakfast. I'm like, I don't either. And. There are a lot of people who do that. People walking. I'm looking outside. People are walking. They walk on the beach. It's charming. It's it's it's, it's charming. Good and, for you. You know. Good for you. I you can't know, do it. I can't relax. Would, you, I can't relax. It. I just can't. I well, can't. Then you need to learn how. 
I, I before you die, you need to learn how. So it'll be a bucket <laughs> list item for you. Uh, just and so the, 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 the graciousness and the friendliness, I, I, you know, so I'm even thinking, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we should come back here. I mean, Don is, you know, Don is, Don is thinking about building, seriously thinking about building a home here. Oh, my, my brother God, Don. you'd be and, close and, and, and to I-95. You can't do that. No, I said Don. I didn't say I know, I but you said maybe you would come back. So No, well, I've been here seven times. This is my seventh time here. Right. Three three in the, in the teens, three in the, uh, in the 90s. And now so many people know that I, that, that, that I know come here. And again, Matthew's saying his dad, I'm, you know, the Jack and Jill kids I know are all here. They, 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 everybody who, you know, goes to Catholic school in D.C., for God's sake, the whole WCAC, every kid is here, and you just see them out, and it's okay. They're out. Matthew's gotten home later than me every night this week. Look, look. And that's what this is for, to have that kind of safe I'm, So I'm happy you for know, you. It's great. You sound it's great. great. I, it, it feels like it's been really good. Give my best to the people that know me. And who I, I like. Everyone has asked about you, including the people I texted you about, yeah. including the famous people, starting with the famous people. That's good. There was an exchange with one famous person that said, Tony, Tony's never been to the vineyard. No, no, Tony, Tony's, never been, Tony's no. never been to the vineyard. Sounds great. Okay, what about years ago? Does Tony understand what a great time he'd have? My answer, very short, brief, quick, to the point. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. All right, I'll talk you, to you. You'd be welcome and everything. I'll talk to you down the road. I'm happy for you. All right, Tom. Michael Thanks Wilbon, much. boys and girls. We'll take a break. Richard Justice will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Abby Posner. I hope it's Abby Posner. It could be Abby Posner. But it's either Abby Posner or Abby Posner. And this is a song called The Starting Line. And this is a single from her that will premiere August 8th. So that's next Tuesday, right? August 8th on Bluegrass Situation, which I assume is a big purveyor of music, right? She's really good. It's a beautiful song. She's really good. This is called The Starting Line. Michael, if people like Abby Posner want to send in their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyKornizerShow.com. And she plays in Richard Justice. And the last time we talked to Richard Justice, we talked about the actual physical hell that was Texas. When it was over 105 degrees every single day, I think it is probably abated. I'm sure it's still very, very hot. But now we're going to talk about the entire state of Texas in terms of being the hot spot for Major League Baseball because of a couple of things that happened within the last week. Two Hall of Fame starters who were essentially on loan, I guess, to the New York Mets. One of them went back to his second home, which would be Justin Verlander, back to Houston, where he had won the AL Cy Young last year, won a game in the World Series and has a World Series ring. And Max Scherzer, who has never pitched in Texas before, went to the Texas Rangers in Dallas, Texas, 
and opened last night with a terrible first inning and then totally settled down and won the game. Uh, do you agree that those two acquisitions have made the state of Texas the center of baseball for the, for the sprint to the playoffs? Yeah, uh, let me just say it's going to be 104 here today. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, 104 tomorrow. 104 for the next Ooh. two weeks. Oh, uh, no. 100 every day. But on the 18th, the 10-day forecast, the two-week forecast shows we're going to get a little cooling down to 99. <laughs> oh. Has I it been? Me, it's hellish. Yards huh? are burning up. People huh? you know, who are accustomed to hot summers are saying, uh, I'm not going outside. And right. uh, like, I, like on my morning run, I have like park rangers stop and go, hey, are you hydrating? I said, no, I just came out here to die. <laughs> I imagine there's a pretty good tea time. You could probably get an 11 uh, o'clock can, tea time pretty easily. You can get easily. a tea time, but let me just say this. <laughs> greens are a little fast. <laughs> wow. Um, did, did it cool down at all in the interim since we've spoken? Nope. Has it cooled down a bit? We've never seen it like this. Oh, my I've God. always said that the hellish part of Texas in the summer is July, August, September. But this year was June, July, August, September. And hopefully it'll break in October. But there is no indication... I mean, there's not even rain, and the, there's not even, it's like 6% chance of rain next Thursday. It's, wow. you know, I, you, you hate to say this, but a hurricane would at least cool things down. Although, during the, some of the hurricanes here, it's been 97, so I don't know. Wow. It's uh, not a great time. I'm not going to complain about losing power. Not to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, hey. We get that, too. Yeah. And, of course, I don't know if you have this, but the guy two doors down going, yeah. You guys want to come down and see my generator? Generators. The guy yeah. next to me has a generator. You can hear that thing from the moon. <laughs> I mean, honest to God. You, you, I mean, you learn, you adapt very quickly, and you can learn to sleep through it. It's like living near an airport. You know, that noise you adapt to. But you can right. hear this thing for miles. For miles. Well, all right, let's okay, get, get to the baseball. Yeah, um, the Texas Rangers went all in the last two off-seasons. They brought in Chris Young, the former major league pitcher, and put him in charge, and the owner said... For, for, for 50 years, the Rangers had reasons for not doing things. You know, they went all in on A-Rod. But for the most part, is they, were, they wrung their hands and said, we can't do, we can't do. Owned by a former pitcher, Jim Crane, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, well, no, no, that's the Astros. Oh, okay. The Rangers are owned by a guy named uh, Ray Davis. A I got that man. wrong. Yeah. And he just told Chris Young, spend. And, you know, you hear guys say that, and they, never, they, they always pull their punches. But $800 million in free agency the last two off-seasons, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, John Gray, Andrew Haney, they did it. They did it. So and I think I've met him. Hurt. Richie, De, they, they gave Jacob DeGrom $185 million. He has had, had Tommy John. And you see the season slipping away. And Ray Davis said, there's no time to back off now. If we have to go over the luxury tax, we're going to go over the luxury tax. And so they they made – look, what the we're going to be studying <laughs> – Business school classes ought to be studying what the New York Mets are doing. They were all in a year ago. And then in getting rid of Verlander and Scherzer, they owed those two guys $149 million. They're going to pay $85 million of that. For what? To get three prospects. I, I mean, baseball people just – they can't even believe the manic nature of the Mets. We're all in. We're all in. We're all, in, we're all out now. We're all out. We're going to just buy prospects. Who knows what you know what tomorrow will bring? But it's turned out to be good. The, the Rangers went right after them. They added two bullpen pieces. They added two starting pitchers, and they're competitive. I think they have the best offense in baseball, 
and I would be surprised. They've they they've been in first place all but one day this season. They've held off the Astros so far, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. As for the Astros, I mean, the idea that Justin Verlander would come back it was like a conquering hero coming back in that room yesterday in, in, at Yankee Stadium. He was 61 and 19 here in his three healthy seasons. First place Cy Young, first place Cy Young, second place Cy Young. He, in 2017, they had had their only losing month. He comes in, he wins all five of his starts. He he just basically shoved it against the Yankees in two ALCS starts. And they like him. They like the energy he brings, and they they just like the presence. Hey, they like having Kate Upton and Kate and Justin. Sure. The Houston Chronicle's already written stories about where Kate and Justin are likely to dine when they're in Houston. They were comfortable here. For whatever reason, he did not apparently did not want to go back to the Dodgers because the Dodgers had more to offer in terms of, of prospects, and it's a, it's a good thing. In, in a lot of ways, in this, the last six years, the Astros have been to the ALCS all six, six years, four times to the World Series, won it twice. But this has been the most remarkable season in that three starting pitchers got hurt. They have three rookies in the rotation. Um, Bregman uh, and Jeremy Pena, the shortstop regress. No production at first base, no production at shortstop, no production at catcher. And somehow they're still hanging around in there. Maybe there is something to that knowing how to win. Until last week, Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve had only played 13 games together. So they get their offense back together, and you know, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. They, uh, I mean, they, they have Alvarez back. They have Altuve back. gives them a different look. But... They're not. I think when you look at the American League, you can say yes, but on every team. The Rangers, I would think, might be a little better. Tampa Bay keeps having these injuries to deal with. Baltimore, you don't know because they're young guys. You know, they're going through it for the first time, but they're they're scary good. Um, in hindsight, and this is always the question for me, in hindsight, why didn't Houston try to keep Verlander, or was the Mets' money just too vast? That's it. Um, Crane, Jim Crane, the owner, loves him. They're close. They're golfing buddies. Um, but the deal was $43 million, $43 million, and then a $35 million option, option if he pitches 140 innings next season. They just couldn't go there. He said, we, we love the guy. I love the guy personally, but it was a number I couldn't get comfortable with. And so now what happens is, is they get him for a regular, uh, for a pretty, pretty reasonable. He's got uh, 93 million on his contract, and the Mets are going to pay 52 and a half million of that. They were not, gonna, they were out of the market for starting pitching. They said we'll just make do with what we have down the stretch here. We're trying to rebuild our farm system a little bit. It's it's pretty weak right now. And Dana Brown, their GM, <laughs> went into Crane last weekend and said. The Mets just got Scherzer. I mean, the, the Rangers just got Scherzer. That's one part of it. Second part of it is the Mets are paying almost half his salary. We can do this with Justin. We can do yeah. this. And and lo and behold, that's what happened. I mean, it's 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 lucky. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. What what just happened? But you could tell he was excited to be back, and they are very excited to have him. Let me go back to Texas for a second, and I could be wrong on this. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I think I met Chris Young. I, I think Chris oh, Young yeah. is about 6'7 or 6'8. And I think his father-in-law is is the titular president of the Washington Capitals, right? Dick Patrick? Uh, I'm, we, he has a Washington connection. I think it's Dick remember, Patrick. Remember the water? I think it was uh, one of the, a lawyer, Brendan Sullivan. Yes. Uh, he represented Oliver North. I believe... 
Brendan Sullivan's son pitched with Chris in the minor leagues, may have pitched with him at Princeton. Yeah. I, I, I can't actually remember. But Chris yeah, was a two-sport player, right? He played basketball and baseball. That's right. And that's right. I met him. He's very impressive. Very impressive. He and he's got a. The resume was when he left, when he retired, MLB hired him. He, he worked in various roles up there for a couple of years. And he's a Dallas native. He and he lives in the Highland Park section of of Dallas near Clayton Kershaw. And this is back to run his his hometown team. He's very aggressive. He's a combat, combative guy. And they've just gone all in. And hey, look when you when you do what they're doing, they're 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 closing in on a billion dollars in spending. You could say they shouldn't have signed a Grom. They knew he had an injury history. Blah blah blah. You'd rather have somebody said, "Hey, we're gonna we're all in," rather than there's a million reasons not to do things. And I don't know if the baseball gods or how much attention they're paying, but the Rangers deserve to be uh, rewarded for for giving their fans every chance to win. So Scherzer last night has a terrible first inning. Right. For the first time in his career, walks in a run. It's 3 nothing before the inning ends. And then the next five innings, he strikes out everybody in sight, and, and, he, and they win the game. Verlander had a good start the last time. Well, both of these guys beat the Nats before they were traded. But, R- Richie, who do you think is a more effective pitcher right now, Scherzer or Verlander? No, Verlander's pitching a little better. But that was classic Max last night, yeah. you know. New, new yesterday afternoon, new uniform, just a little off on the strike zone, you know. And he said, "I had 51 pitches after two innings. I am exhausted, and I kind of got my second win." And he just looked like Verlander. That's what you love about that guy. That's what you love about him in yeah. that he never gives in. Yes, he just, I'm going to go with what I have today. What I have today may not be my best, but it's going to be your best. Uh, Verlander still has had the last month. He's looked like Justin Verlander yes. again, and and it, it's pretty much the same thing. In fact, if you watch them, their body, their mound presence is almost the same. They're sort of twitchy at times, and you can see it's almost like you can see the pitch sequencing going through their their heads and and, and all of that. But I, I I think he's a little bit ahead. It, what would be interesting since the Astros joined the American League in 2013, some of us have dreamed like. Let's have a Rangers Astros playoff series. And now sure. we could have that. Game and seven, Scherzer have, against Verlander. Sure. Right. We could have sure. Scherzer against Verlander. And that might just bump Jerry Jones off the front page. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe. I'll get you out of here on this. I don't think it gets said a lot. So, I, you know, I, I don't know baseball well enough, but it seems to me that Bruce Boshi has made an enormous difference, right? <laughs> So so look, Tony, you, your friend, you know Ray Ratto, the San Francisco, sure. San Francisco Chronicle columnist, uh, one of the game's great smartasses. He, uh, one of the industry's great smartasses. Yes. He goes into Bochy's office one time and says, uh, you know, I just want you to know you're not, you, you, I have you figured out. How's that, Ray? He says, <laughs> you are the smartest guy in every room, but you want everyone to think you're the dumbest guy in every room. <laughs> and uh, Bochy looks at him and goes, uh, Ray, get out of my office. <laughs> Fast forward like two World Series later, he goes, you know, Bochy, if you win this one, you're going to the Hall of Fame. And uh, and you're going to have to give a speech show, telling people how smart you are. And Bochy goes, you can leave now, Ray. <laughs> he, has, he has a touch with people. He has a feel for running a bullpen. 
and he's one of those people that you just love him. When Jeff Bannister, the Rangers coach, got the um, when he got the Rangers manager's job, he'd been with Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm at the winter meetings talking to Bannister, and Bochy comes up to congratulate him. They had beaten Madison Bumgarner had beaten Garrett Cole in the wild card game. Bochy comes up to congratulate him, but what he did was say he's almost apologizing. You know, I had my horse, blah yeah. blah blah, and we just we rode that guy all the way to to a championship, blah blah blah. And he just like when he left, you go like he made you feel good. He beat you, but he made you feel good, and that's the way everyone who's been around him feels about him. To to say he is revered in the game wouldn't even begin to describe it. That's, that's a great story, and, and uh, all the eyes of, of the baseball world look at Texas at the moment. Thanks, Richard. Stay cool if possible. Stay cool. <laughs> Impossible. Thank you. Richie Justice, boys and girls. We will take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. That is Chris Ullman, the world champion whistler from Binghamton, New York. He's got a new book about to come out early in the fall. It's called Four Billionaires and a Parking Attendant, Successful Strategies of the Wealthy, Powerful, and Just Plain Wise. It has 40 lessons or more for achieving personal and professional excellence. Um, he shares the thinking and the business practices of government leaders, including you know, business and government leaders, including David Rubenstein. I mean, who's a who's a big guy. And John Kasich, who I believe was governor yes. of Ohio at one point. And he worked for all of these guys. Chris Ullman. So look for that book, you know, down the road at some point. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Uh, just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, my friend, and you will be thrilled. And that's just about it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, hey, where did we go? Days when the rains came, down in the hollow, playing a new game. Laughing and a running, hey, hey, skipping and jumping in the misty morning fog. Our hearts were thumping, and you, my brown-eyed girl. That's Van Morrison. And Nigel yesterday said... I don't, I'm not sure you're going to get this. Here's the first line. Hey, where do we go? And I went, that's Van, <laughs> oh, that's, that's Van Morrison, isn't it? We'll always have that shared date, remember? The Van Morrison concert. Where he only played that one album. And where he, you invited my future wife. Right. What was wrong <laughs> with that? Unbeknownst to me. You know, what was wrong with that? <laughs> if I had anything to do with that, I'm happy. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Richard Justice. Thanks to our sponsors today, Simply Safe and Harry's Razors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple. Please leave us a review. Okay, so here's some stuff. I haven't looked at this at all. This is from Michael B. Michael Barnhart in Barnard, Vermont. Do you know where that is? Barnard, I'm not Vermont. familiar. I know Barnard College, but I don't think that's there. It's the the slug on it is Kornheiser has no power. Tony Kornheiser, clutching a glass of Merlot in one hand and a pint of Tillamook chocolate ice cream in the other, stood at a sink in his 24 outlet kitchen. 
an attractive but fading brunette, sat on a couch waiting for him to say something, but he said nothing. He had been silent for much of the evening, but now he seemed even more distant as he stared out at his son, who was on the patio outside twisting the knobs of the Weber gas grill. Smoke from the range rose into the air and seemed to make the entire evening even more quiet. The brunette knew, as did his son outside, that it was a bad idea to force conversation on him when he was in a mood of solemn silence. Kornheiser was troubled. Of a certain age, he is no longer self-sufficient. He was the victim of circumstance so common that most people would consider it trivial. But when it gets to Kornheiser, it can plunge him into a state of anguish and deep depression, panic, even rage. For you see, Tony Kornheiser had no power. Kornheiser with no power is Picasso without paint, Ferrari without fuel, Wilbon with only one house. (laughs) For the common power outage robs Kornheiser of that uninsurable jewel, his golf game, and it affects not only his own psyche, but also the dozens of people who work for him, drink with him, depend on him for their own welfare and stability. A Kornheiser with no power could not grip a golf club. A Kornheiser with no power can only consume what is in the refrigerator before it is too late. It's interesting. (laughs) Sort of weird. I live for Merlot. Is that that like the... Uh, Frank Sinatra has a cold. Is that in the theme of that? Well, Gay Talese didn't write that. Michael <laughs> B. did. So there's a slight difference. Ah, uh, shared a haiku about not writing novels haiku. Like Polonius, I believe that brevity is the soul of wit. Yes. From Steve the Sycophant. Dear Dr. Grandpa Satchmo Goat, my legion idol, I'm sorry to report R and your charming wife's fabled, favorite cable spot. The Hallmark Channel must be cutting back on staff. How else do you explain these synopses in back-to-back movies? First, Love on Harbor Island, where, quote, sparks fly Mm. between a woman and a pilot who rescues dogs. That's a good one. Next, Taking a Shot at Love, where, quote, sparks fly between a ballet Mm. instructor and a hockey player as she helps him recover from an injury. Too many sparks, not enough originality. (laughs) Keep on potting. From Frank Kelly in Situate, Massachusetts. Tony, like you. I've never been to either the Vineyard or Nantucket, despite it only being 40 miles or so from the Irish Riviera of Situate to the ferry terminals in Woods Hole. But as usual with my emails to the show, there is another factor. Nigel might remember a greater Boston chain of scratch and dent salvage stores called Building 19. They closed several years ago, but the highlight for me and my fellow golf afflicted was their annual golf sale in February. They would buy up last year's stock from many private club pro shops and sell it for cheap to us hungry masses. I needed more golf stuff like a hole in the head, but have over the years bought a ping hoofer bag, Odyssey tri-hot putter, Callaway 58-degree wedge, etc., never paying more than $50 an item. The score of scores were two shirts and a wind shirt from Nantucket Golf Club. Members include Warren Buffett, Bill Gates. Initiation fee is or was like 250K. You should see the looks I get when a 13.6 index hack shows up wearing one of these. People I don't know ask what I thought of the course. People I know shake their head and say building 19. And he sends a picture along of the Nantucket Golf Club. Uh, don't, don't Nancy and Joe belong to Nantucket? I don't know. I thought they did. I thought Nancy I've and never Joe. been invited. Yeah, I I thought they did. From Patrick Smith in Annandale, Virginia, episode 62. Just another example of the collective tissue of the show. I'm dragging the woman to whom I'm related by marriage and my two kids on an 11-day, 4,000-mile, four ferries, car trip up to eastern Canada. On this trip, I'm going to meet up with Canadian Littles that I've only met online. I will be spending the summer of Littles with Adam Benson, number 27, in St. John's, Newfoundland. And a few days later, I will catch up with Kristen LeBlanc in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. If you read this email, would you please send an eat it to my kids and the woman to whom I'm related by marriage who'll be forced to listen to the podcast while I am driving. <laughs> Play the States game a couple of times. <laughs> exactly. From Brian Hicks in Tulsa, Oklahoma. 
Tulsa had a derecho on Father's Day this year. 3.5 days with no power in the summer. Personal best, 12 days after an ice storm. Mm -mm. 12 days, an ice storm in 2007. Pro tip, if you call your internet and cable provider, they might give you a credit for time you were without power. I fully expect that to happen. (laughs) I fully expect that when I get the bill, whatever bill I get, and it's a full bill, which is... I don't know, in the mid-300s yeah. for the cable and, and all of that stuff. How many stuff. cable boxes do you have active? I have no idea. I don't even I know think. what they look like. But I, I pay a lot of money for this stuff. And it seems to me that if you're out from, okay, so Saturday at 4.30 to Wednesday at 8.30, that's a little over four days, right? Yeah. When the TV finally kicked on, what channel were you on? Oh, it was on. It was on ESPN. It was on Sports Okay, play the party line. Yeah. Well, what did you think? Well, we, well, Golf Channel because it was Saturday afternoon. Oh. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. No, I wasn't on that. I mean, it was. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, that's what it was on. Was Sports Center. I think it was on Sports Center. I'm not sure. I have one more of these. An email or two. This is from Cameron McLaughlin in Hamilton, Ontario, who says, "Please give my regards to Edith Saliza." On Wednesday's show, when talking about the golfer who had changed his scorecard, you claim that golf, quote, is the only sport that self-policies. Well, I don't know the exact number of sports where that is true. I can definitively say there is at least one more. Curling does not have any referees or umpires. Hmm. The players are in charge of enforcing the rules and may even admit to their opponents when they have broken a rule, even accidentally, which happens in golf all the time. You can find officials at competitions at the highest levels, but they are present in a similar capacity to the rules officials you see at professional golf tournaments. Just a little information for life. So that's, I didn't know that. Curling also seems to be a sport you can smoke and drink while you're participating. They expect you to. No, they expect you (laughs) to. Must protect this house. Uh, From Grant Hines, who's in um, München, which I think is Munich. Oh, yes. I hear Jeff already beat me to the punch, but having the good fortune of being assigned to the consulate here in the free state of Bavaria, I'd like to add some Munich-specific traffic tips for John. I can't believe we're doing this. (laughs) Munich traffic is tame. Heavy around rush hours, but nothing remarkable. Avoid driving in the area around the Altstadt, Old City. Several major roads there are under construction. Parking inside the Midlera Ring is scarce and requires advanced parallel parking skills. Be warned when driving in Munich, you have third priority. First cyclists, then pedestrians, then cars. Seems counterintuitive in BMW's home city, but there it is. Double check your blind spot turning right as you'll inevitably cross a bike lane and they expect you to yield. I'd invite John to a MAB, I guess that's what it, a malt, a MAB, a Bavarian beer at the Augustiner Keller. All the tourists go to the Hofbrau House, try Augustiner. It's the only big Munich brewery still locally owned. But I'm actually on my way to the airport for vacation. Looks like they reopened all the exits, so it should be smooth getting into the city. Depending on volume and weather conditions, you may have a short stint on the famed no-speed-limit Audubon. Only use the left lane to pass and watch out for when the speed limit returns. They don't give you a slowdown warning. The new limit just starts. And, Jeff, let me know when you're back in town. We'll drive some. We'll grab some Obazada. Mit Freund Lincoln Gruben Grant. That's cool. That's like craziness, right? That's like craziness. Yes. And one more. Gary Lupton in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm writing to request a chance to talk with you about a children's book I am writing entitled Mr. Tony Needs Change for a $100 Bill. <laughs> Get on your bike tonight, everybody, including Gary Lupton in Fredericksburg. Do wear white. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Bing. <laughs>
Oh, 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 oh,